promises of the internet was that it would foster a new dimension of openness and independence. So on today's show, how well is that promise being kept? What we've seen in the last seventh or eight years is that around those open spaces we created, a new set of control points is beginning to emerge on the net. Also, a brief history of the internet and what made it such an upside-down technology. Our whole goal was to make sure that the network was completely ignorant of what the user was trying to do. And is the internet's true potential being squandered? They're the brightest computer scientists, and all they're thinking about is, how do I keep someone on Facebook for 10 more minutes? WNYC Studios, this is Freakonomics Radio, the podcast that explores the hidden side of everything. Here's your host, Stephen Dubner. It's pretty easy to argue that the internet has been a transformative technology. Although some people argue that it hasn't been, that for all its shiny and sexy features, it isn't so much a new, new thing as it is a sort of booster shot for existing technologies. Email and other internet communication may be faster, more flexible, cheaper than snail mail and the landline phone and the telegraph, but it's still just communication. You may be extremely reliant on Uber or Spotify or Amazon, but... We already had cars and music and catalog stores. You may be downright addicted to Facebook or Twitter, but we already had, well, mouths and ears and friends and enemies. How transformative has the internet been for you? Your answer probably depends on a lot of factors. At what age you started using it, exactly how and how deeply you engage with it, and maybe the degree to which you want your internet engagement curated, whether by Facebook or Google or, as a user's agreement might put it, by any and all platforms now known or hereafter devised, the internet will, of course, keep changing. It's already changed a lot. But how did it get to where it is? How closely does the modern internet resemble its original design? Those are some of the questions we'll be trying to answer today. The episode was inspired by a recent issue of Daedalus, the Journal of the American Academy of Arts and Sciences. The issue was called The Internet, and it featured essays by some of the scholars you'll be hearing from in this episode. Let's begin at the beginning of The Internet. Here's Freakonomics Radio's senior producer, Christopher Wirth. David Clark first got his hands on a computer in the mid-1960s when he was a student at Swarthmore College. The IBM computer the school bought was this big, clunky contraption. It filled an entire classroom, and he says everyone took turns using it. At the time, I was an electrical engineer, and when this computer showed up, it actually came with a book with all the schematics. And I sat there and I read them and I studied the operating system and I was hooked. Not long after that, Clark switched to computer science and went on to get a Ph.D. at MIT. In fact, he's still there as a senior research scientist at the Computer Science and Artificial Intelligence Lab. 
But in the 1970s and 80s, Clark was part of a small, loose-knit group of engineers in academia and at government agencies in the United States and Europe who fantasized about linking all those big, clunky computers together so that people all over the world could collaborate. They tinkered, they experimented, and ultimately they figured out what this network that would later be called the Internet should look like, how it should work and function. And to this day, Clark says, everything we do online sits on top of this largely invisible underlying structure they created. For example, Clark was a key figure in developing the basic language of the internet, which passes information back and forth by breaking it up into these little pieces called packets. Basically what it does is it numbers all the packets in sequence. When they're received, it puts them back in the right order. If there's a missing packet, it gets sent again. So eventually the sequence of packets gets reassembled and then that's handed on to the application at the receiving side. The important thing to bear in mind